As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And welcome to the Chris Vaccaro Show, part of the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. Every week, Chris Vaccaro demands I say things and he can comment on them. This week, uh, we're calling it The Six. It's six games that he wants to talk about that, uh, of course, have all fantasy players rostered in 90% or more of leagues. But uh, we'll try and find something for you. Hey, Chris, how's it going, buddy? Jesus. I'm Chris's sidekick, Nando. For those of you just listening for the first time. That was the worst introductory of a show ever that we've done. Hello, my friends. Hello, listeners. Sorry that you had to be brought in like that. (laughs) And uh, I don't know where Nando came up with this six, but I thought we'd switch it up a little bit this week, get into some game previews once we do get to that. But as always, the show is going to go off the rails as it does every week. Thanks to my host. And uh, my co-host, and uh, you call me psych. You call me hero, hero support. Uh, call you what you want, but uh, five weeks in the books. It was another interesting Sunday in the NFL. Nando, uh, how did you enjoy yours? It was fine. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm actually. I feel kind of optimistic going into the bye weeks. I have my depth. I haven't lost a lot of guys to injury. The ones I did. Knock on um, it hurt like Rashad Penny. It hurt a lot of teams. Yeah, but, that's uh, your guy. That's you. That's yeah. your guy, man. Rashad. But the good Penny. news was, I got you know you got him. Well, actually, a lot of teams I had Rashad Penny and Cordero Patterson, so I'm kind of screwed. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I don't know why. Like I feel pretty good. You know, I think I'm gonna have a good waiver run. I, I, I like I might over offer some things for Kenneth Walker because the reason I got Penny and Cordero Patterson is because I waited. You know, got it like stacked early with like, you know, Lamar Jackson. Uh, Mark Andrews, three good wide receivers. So I'm actually in a pretty good place where I can trade and overpay for like Kenneth Walker, who I've ridden the Rashad Penny train, and now I just think, I don't know, man. I think Kenneth Walker is basically Rashad Penny. Well, I'll say this. I think that uh, Kenneth Walker um, is going to be a top 15 fantasy running back from this day on rest of season in this offense. Yeah, uh, this Geno Smith led offense that we have to accept at this point now, five weeks in, that it's a real deal fantasy offense, and we were as an industry mostly wrong. Okay, 
and Gino's running into. <laughs> I know, I know. You want me to say except you? No, I don't want you. To, I want you to say no. I don't care about that. It doesn't matter who was right and who was wrong at this point. It matters what's going forward. And your top mm-hmm. fifteen Ken Walker assessment. I mean, I would even go so far as to say top ten. It's a possibility, Nando. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. Um, you I mean, know, I, I, overpay. Oh, I will kid. overpay for him. Yeah, I was on. I was on record. He was my favorite running back uh, coming out of college. I loved the kid at Michigan State. I wanted to draft him a lot more than I did, and the only reason I didn't uh, come high stakes season was just because I hated the offense that he landed in and the situation he landed in. And I should have just bet on talent. And you know, although this wasn't talent coming through, this was, you know, the injury to Penny. I still think Penny would have been the lead back and Walker would have been the complimentary um, running back for his rookie season here. But listen, this is why you draft all these handcuffs in those middle rounds, those 10th, 11th, 12th rounds. These are all guys. Look, I mean, Nando, Jeff Wilson is killing it right now for the yeah. Niners. You know, yes. he was he was even later. You know, he wasn't even like a 10-12. But when when the big money was on the line, Jeff Wilson was like a 13th, 14th round pick. Um, I have a lot of shares of Jeff Wilson. Uh, you have, uh, besides Kenneth Walker and Jeff Wilson, now you have Raheem Mostert uh, blowing up. And We talked taking, about him a couple of weeks ago and you yeah. poo-pooed. I don't know. Who, who poo-pooed? Who poo-pooed I think, who? I think you poo-pooed. I, I, I definitely didn't poo-poo. Raheem Mostert because Raheem Mostert's my probably my most owned running back on my high stakes teams that every you know I'd probably say 75% of them um, when the money was on the line the big money in late August and September he was an automatic automatic 11th 12th round pick of mine each time it was a bet against Chase Edmonds is what it was but it wasn't a bet for him knowing the system it was me thinking that, all right, I think this is going to be a 60-40 backfield. And once Sony Michelle got cut um, in the preseason, I said, okay, this is the type of running back you want to put on this on your fantasy teams. Um, I didn't believe Chase Edmonds could be the type of running back that was going to get 15, 20 carries. And I said, yes, and at worst, as my RB4 in the 12th round, I'm going to get a back that's going to get 12 carries a game, a couple catches, could fill in, and if he outplays Edmonds or Edmonds goes down, I have a solid RB2. And right now, this past week, I put Mostert in all my lineups. And going forward, he's locked in my lineups. So those are three big backs right there that we get after the 10th round that could be, um, you know, league-winning type running backs from, from here on out. Yeah. it's I mean, we, and we, every single year, it's like we have the same lesson. Yeah, and we're it happens. Of it. it happens every. It happens every week, uh, every year, Nando. And it's it's just funny how I was so set against the zero RB build this season coming in. Yep. We well, wanted one bell cow, right? You were, that was more mostly. Your- yeah, I mean, I I wasn't against starting off with two running backs and then going just because I loved the depth of wide receiver and drafts right. in the third through sixth or seventh round. Right. And even like in the final week of my drafts, I said, all right, I can't even afford to get that second running back in this in round two. I have to go straight to wide receiver because 
the Pittmans and T. Higgins and A.J. Browns of the world were getting moved up from the third round to the second round. So I said, listen, everyone's getting these receivers. I can't be left out in the cold. So let me build off of uh, my, my one bell cow and then go all receivers and start hitting on these running backs in the, in the mid-round range. And those are the teams that are, are looking pretty good right now for me. And um, uh, those teams, uh, the, my Barkley teams are looking okay. And my Nick Chubb teams with, you know, wide receiver heavy starts and Nick Chubb in the fourth round. Those are my most successful teams. But now I get to add the most start, the Raheem Mostert's and Jeff Wilson's into my lineups that I drafted in these in this round, and that's why you do it. That's why so many. It's so popular now to get the one running back or none, and just load up on receiving. And then you see people in those like eighth through fifteenth rounds just draft six, seven running backs and hope that these situations play out. Melvin Gordon, you know, that's the other running back I wanted to mention. Melvin Gordon cashes in now, you know. So all these owners that. Went heavy receiver, and, and that was the way to go, and clipped a Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts in those mid-rounds and didn't wait on quarterback and have these running backs that we just talked about. They're the ones killing it right now. Yeah. That's Good the way him. I see it. That's the way I see it, you know? Add in Damian Pierce, who, you know, I know he moved up, but Damian Pierce uh, and Josh Jacobs – these two running backs. Uh, nobody's on Josh. No one was like, "Hey, I got you know who you got to get this year." Josh Jacobs. Josh there Jacobs. Nobody saying nobody that anywhere. You saw him and when Josh Jacobs' name would come up in July and August on any show. It was like, "Oh no, you can't take Josh Jacobs. That's a total fade." Like everybody, including right. myself, including myself. I don't have any Josh Jacobs shares. Yeah. He was a fade for me, and it, it's egg on my face. It's egg on mostly everyone in the industries. Face and the people that have Josh Jacobs rostered, I bet you they're sitting there going, "Oh man, uh, yeah, yeah, I look smart, but I wasn't thrilled to hit the you know the the draft button or say his name out in the draft rooms." Uh, you know, he was falling down the board until the point of you getting every draft, and it's like, "All right, listen, he's getting he's falling too far. Let me just take Josh Jacobs," and. <laughs> You know, RB5 after this week. And what a performance by him on Monday Night Football. Again, he is the backfield. And he's catching, and he's doing it, catching the ball out of the backfield as well now. So, uh, you know, people are going to make a lot of money based on having Josh Jacobs rostered this year. How many shares of uh, Matt Breda do you have? Speaking of uh, handcuffs. It's funny. That's a good question, Nando. It's funny. Uh, I don't. Back, I don't have Matt Breida on more than maybe two or three teams, and that's owning a ton of Barkley. I probably yeah, like, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, I, I, think like, I how... like, I think I have like eighteen shares of Barkley in my fantasy portfolio throughout all my teams, and I think Breida's on two of them. Just out of you know, sometimes you get in situations where you're looking at your back end of the roster on certain weeks, and you're like, hey, you know what? Let me put a one dollar, two dollar Breida just to cover my ass in case. Uh, Saquon goes down, and boy, oh boy, can I tell you that Sunday morning was a really scary, uh, a really scary hour of when Barkley goes down and he's holding that arm, shoulder, wrist, whatever it looked like it was, uh, and then they said he went in the locker room, and I was like, all right, I guess he's done, and God knows for how long. Right after that, season. 
Yeah, it's not like and, and listen, if Barkley goes down and he was, you know, gone for a significant amount of time, those teams are shot. It, it's done. It's not like Matt Breeze coming in and saving the day. It's not like you drafted Dalvin Cook tenth overall and you were you clipped, you know, Madison in the tenth round and now you could just slide in Madison and it's he's clipped. not Dalvin Cook, but Clip, clips your okay. word of the week. I have said it a couple times. Yeah, I have. Yeah. I'm yeah. I don't know. Weird. You know, it's not that type of situation. Burita would come in. He'd probably be in a mixed backfield. But Barkley goes down the store. You know, you shut it down. You throw that team in the garbage. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight? Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not preach you and your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I don't know, but at least I mean, like, if you had Brita, I assume Brita would be the next guy up. I don't, like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But one would assume. And so, I mean, like, at least, you know, you're... Gary Brightwell ran one in after that. Yeah, and Brightwell, I'll tell you what, Gary Brightwell, I thought was going to be the backup because I liked the way he looked in uh, preseason. So, listen, let's not even talk about that. Let's not even put that out in the open. Hopefully, we dodged this Barkley issue because he came back. He looked great. Maybe they put like a little harness. I don't even know. I don't. I, I don't know why you're talking about this. You're jinxing your own team, man. That's yeah, you're right. Up. But listen, let me ask you because I haven't really seen more information on Barkley. I mean, I know it's only Tuesday night, and the real information keeps coming out. I'm sure they'll hold them out of practice. You won't see in practice until Friday this week. But was it more of a, a forearm wrist or was it the shoulder that's being reported? Because when he went down, he was holding his like forearm. Do you know anything more about that? No, okay. nothing whatsoever, actually. Okay. Let sorry. me, it, it, while we're speaking of major big time players and yeah. injuries, let me yeah. just throw this out there because I haven't heard a thing since it. And I don't want to put fellow Cooper Cup um, managers in a little bit of a panic, but I don't know if you were watching that game, Nando, or if you were at the uh, Apple Farm. I don't even know uh, who Cooper Cup plays. You Cooper know, Cup is on the Rams. How, how are you going to do this receiver. joke in like December when the Apple Farms are Well, how are you going to do You go on Lowy joke every week. What's it going to be? Uh, I, you, you know I, what I, mean? you know what? I haven't like, said his name once because you asked me not to. Yeah, okay. So I've, anyway. It's, it's been Mike Edelman. <laughs> there you go. Now you switch. I've moved on to a new high stakes person who mocked me. <laughs> Mike. Frank Mamala, you're next. Oh, you butchered his name. Jesus. That's Frank Mamola. Okay. <laughs> Shout out. Mamala. <laughs> yeah. I hope they all come for you on Twitter. And these are all my friends. And, these are all my friends and great players and great guys. So none of them I'm not them making fun, fun of you. them. I'm saying that. Just I just, saying. I'm telling you, I know Can them. I get to my Cooper point, Cup I've met point them. here or no? Can I get to my Cooper Cup point? Matthew Medica. Matty Mo. Go ahead. So anyway, Cooper Cup 
with like less than five minutes left in the game. He misses a couple snaps. They go look at they pan over to him on the sideline, and he's like rubbing hit like the him and the trainer. They're like looking at his lower calf, you know, like rubbing it. And then he comes in like for the, that last drive when Stafford threw the interception, and yep. they show him like breaking out of the route, and it looks like he's like half limping. And it kind of was like, oh, my God, does Cooper Cup have, like, a slight high ankle sprain? And I'm just bringing it up there because I haven't heard anybody talk about it or report it or nothing. And I'm like, I'm waiting for Wednesday's practice. Don't be too surprised if you see a Cooper Cup no practice for, like, Wednesday or Thursday. So for everybody that's just going into this upcoming week with the best fantasy player, Cooper Cup, um, just hold your uh, cross your fingers and hope I'm wrong completely. But it's just something that I'm surprised wasn't talked about or thrown out there anywhere that I've seen. But just I haven't seen to... that any. I have not seen that exactly, anywhere. and I'm surprised because he did not look good when he, you know, Stafford overthrew him, but he was cutting out like you know it was like a post route, and it just looked like he was hopping out of it, and I was like, uh oh, that's no good. And they never came back on the field again after that. So. You know, it wasn't like after the game you heard, uh, hey, you know, Cup uh, says he'll be okay. Isn't Like, it just wasn't reported. But that's just that's just something to keep an eye on. That's Maybe it was saying. one of those things where, you know, someone stepped on his heel and it was his sneaker and he just had to hobble around, you know, to get to the sideline and pop his sneaker back in place. Nah, didn't look like that no, to it me. It sounds like you're describing to me. Okay. Uh, you want to get to your sixth? Chris, Chris's big sixth? What do you want to talk about, Nanda? Chris's six-pack in uh, Keel Harry, but I don't think you're going to want to. Oh, my God. You probably do. Yeah, you know yeah. what? I'm done. Uh, like I said a couple of weeks ago, I'm done making fun of anybody you bring up because Nikhil Harry will probably <laughs> drop eight for 125 and a touchdown, and I'll be sitting here making fun of you. So <laughs> after after the Geno Smith season that we're seeing, I can't make fun of you anymore or the Curtis Samuel call. But uh, I will say this. Pray for all of us diehard fantasy football lovers that watch every game, every primetime game. This Thursday night, if you thought last Thursday night's Denver-Indianapolis game was painful, now we get the Bears and the, and the Commanders this Thursday night in primetime. And uh, that's going to be tough. That's I don't ex- think that's going to be such a bad game. Of course you don't. That's going to well, be an espresso special. We'll call. I that. was, I was, uh, I was doing my uh, my research on the Bears. Mm-hmm. All right, so it was it was. I thought it was interesting that uh, the I don't know the Bears. It seemed like they were making a bigger deal than they should have out of you know, and Keel Harry has been activated off of injured reserve. Um, I'm like, all right, you know, a couple of people tweeted into my timeline too. I'm like, why is you know? Mm-hmm. So I went back and I you know I looked at. The target leaders for the Bears, who's been getting the ball. I really dug in just to see if there's like, is there a place for Keel Harry to kind of like squeeze in here? And then I went in and looked at like everything he did for the Pats, uh, you know, the, the everything he did for the Pats. Oh, all right. And, I was uh, going to oh, say wait, one second. I was going to say, what did he do? Headphones. I got so excited. So I can't hear you if you're talking. I'm back. Uh, anyway, do? what did you, know, you do? So my headphones have a, a, a string, mm-hmm. a cord. It's to the head. It's you know you go yeah, nobody the computer, yeah no no nobody but also cares. goes into the head yeah, yeah nobody cares I nobody think everyone cares. knew what I meant when I yeah all right 
that's anyway, the point is, I went through and I looked at the team and I looked at who's getting the targets and who they're throwing to. <laughs> People really think I'm this mean, probably. <laughs> like in real well, you life. got a one-star so review because of it, actually. Who gave me a one-star review? Shame know, on you, people. John John you sure, on You sure that it wasn't for you? Well, I don't know. Is there another, a lot of people in this. A lot of people in the comments seem to not like you a lot more than me, buddy. I don't know. A lot of people in the comments want their question answered, so they're going to Oh, I mean, they came to the right guy. I answered their question. I know. I'm a man of the people. Yeah, but I know they think they're going to get a little bit of a long. No, no, I'll say this. I'll I'll say this. I don't want you know. So I know. What's wrong with your friend Nando? He's so weird. Um, I'll take that. That's fine. (laughs) Listen. You want to hear something weird? Oh God. No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Here we go. Listen, you might be you might be onto something with Nikhil Harry. This team, you know, they need another target in there. Nobody's stepping up. Uh, well, Vellis then Jones again, is back. Yeah, Vellis Jones, week. sure. And and uh, the kid St. Brown, uh, the bad St. Brown, not, not the good St. Brown. Um, Equinami. Equinami. Equinamius St. Brown. Equinamius. That's a tough one to get out. Equinamius St. Brown. You know, they all just play that rotation role as the second and third fiddle. Um, well, third fiddle, I guess, if you want to call call Cole Komet the second fiddle to Mooney's first. But there's nothing going on in this offense still. This is a Montgomery offense, another mid-round running back that nobody really wanted and was a fade. It, this is such an odd season. I, I, You know, to the, our listeners, you're probably going to hate hearing me say it every week, but I can't. I have to be honest. That's what it is. It's very odd. It seems like there has never been a season – of the industry, the fantasy industry, analysts, um, you know, all, all the game, all the all, all the guys you know that you, you hear on the radio. Just it seems like there's been more analysts and and the people that were um, the fades, the players that were fades. The industry was so wrong on so many players that were the fades. It's just just seems that way to me. You know, nobody was on Jacobs, nobody was on Montgomery. Players that everybody loved are bombing. It's just, it's just been five weeks of that. But anyway, this Bears offense—they still don't throw it enough. You know, like this was Justin Fields' big passing game. He threw for two hundred and eight yards and a touchdown. This is going to be run, run. You know, throw a little bit uh, to Mooney or Komet, and that's it. So I don't think this offense can support a third target pass catch in in the game. In the pass catching role, yeah, like a Nikhil Harry to even, uh, you know, is he going to be playable? Absolutely not. Do you want to throw him on your roster if you're in a deep league as your seventh wide receiver just to see if it pans out? No, you take Matt Breda, right? You take, I mean, if you're the Barkley owner, or I think even if you're not the Barkley owner, man, like I, I like right now the way this season's, I would be grabbing backups. Left and right. I mean, uh, I it's feel not a like... bad idea. It's not a bad idea. I can't knock you for that. Um, Thanks. I think there would be more running. Back. Listen, the, the, like the Dante Foreman. Work. Dante Foreman is the guy. Like I'm going all like Dante Foreman's being re-added to all of my teams this week. I, Dante Foreman is on so many of my benches. It's so funny. I was like setting a lot of my lineups, uh, just going through them and just seeing, like you know, doing my waivers, starting them today on a lot of my. Uh, online championship teams, and I didn't even realize how much foreman I had, and that he's on all you know he's on my five McCaffrey teams, and but he's also on all my other teams that aren't McCaffrey teams. It's it, I don't know how I wound up with so much foreman, and if it was like a, such a bet against McCaffrey going down, but I didn't yeah. 
feel that way. So I just, I guess he was just one of those running backs that was just always there in, in certain rounds that I was like, all right, this is a good running back to take a shot on. You could add guy like that, you know, I, I can't knock that. I think the most popular one that I would be adding that I see available on the wire in deep leagues is Josh Kelly um, for the Chargers. I think he's the most, you know, uh, he's the running back I'd be most looking to add as my RB6 or 7. Just because Eckler always gets nicked up and, uh, you know, he looks like he's now starting to take over that second uh, running back role after Eckler with Sony Michelle starting to take a, a step back. I think I'm pretty sure he played 26 snaps, Josh Kelly. I think that was the number to Sony Michelle's like less than 10. So it looks like Josh Kelly, and he looks good, Josh Kelly, uh, the runs that I saw this past week. So he's the guy, the deep ad that I would be looking to do off of waivers but waivers is barren in any high yeah. stakes league man you go look at running back position and it is there's nothing there it's sad and you can't trade so you really i mean you're kind of stuck in a way no you listen that's what makes the high stakes market so great is you listen you have to you have two outs you have two options draft great or work the wire great that's it you don't get bailed out on these crap trades that you see in home leagues Nobody doing them a favor. Oh, I have the number one waiver, you know, position. I get Ken Walker. Yay. There's none of that. And that's what is so challenging about the high stakes market, you know. I've never met someone who loves mocking home leagues as much as you do. (sighs) It's impressive. Let's get to the big six. Chris Vaccaro's big six, we're calling (laughs) it. So uh, not only did Vaccaro demand that we talk about – first of all, I'll give you this came from This came I from thought, a couple of readers. Go ahead. I thought, I thought you wanted to go game by game, Mm-mm. by game, like all the games, the way you explained it. Like, let's talk about every game like that. No, that'll, like that's garbage. Right. But in reality, what you want to do is just talk about these six games that really kind of encapsulate the fantasy week. Well, I and think we should do that. Yeah, you even wrote them out. You even wrote them out. To, mm-hmm. Instead of just texting the games, you wrote them out on paper, took a picture, and sent it to me, <laughs> which I thought was very sweet. I was trying to give you as much uh, info as possible, Nando. But, yeah, listen, for the listeners, you can't just come in here and BS with each other for an hour. I figured, hey, listen, a couple people recommended this. Uh, you know, I want you to talk about more of previewing games of the upcoming week. And I said, all right, yeah, listen, I don't have a problem doing that for some part of the show. Sure, we're going to ad lib and, and talk about whatever's on our minds for each week and what we saw the previous week. But I'd like to get into some upcoming weeks and what's ahead and and what players we are into and not into and what we expect in some of these games. So, you know, I looked at this upcoming week's schedule and uh, took the six most fantasy-friendly games, the most fantasy-intriguing games. And and what better way to start with the, uh, the maybe the possible game of the year with the Bills and the Chiefs, the uh, most likely AFC championship preview again between two of the greatest quarterbacks uh, in the game today. I'm so sick of the Chiefs. Me too, man. I'm so sick of them, man. Nando, I took the worst, one of the worst losses last night in a home league, in a big home league. Uh, I was down, uh, I, I'm sorry, I was up 28 points, and the guy I was playing against was Kelsey, uh, oh. the Kelsey <laughs> owner. And I just saw it happening, man. After the second touchdown, I was still up like, 14 points on the guy and I was like oh man I, I just 
you know, Mahomes, you could just see, it's like, oh, I'm going to get him a third. And then once he got his third, I was like, ah, he's going to wind up getting him a fourth. It was just so pathetic. Like, even the third touchdown, like, the Raiders were, like, tackling him at the line. And he caught up, and he made some moves, and Mahomes is scrambling, and Kelsey gets in the end zone. And it's just, it was so sickening to watch, especially when you're not a Kelsey owner like I am. But four touchdowns, monster game. And it's just fun. 25 yards. On 25 yards. That's yeah. what made it so frustrating. Like, I mean, 25 yards receiving and four touchdowns. I don't think he, there's ever been a game like that ever. You know, I'm, I'm yeah. sure. But uh, listen, he is the he's the main guy still in this Kansas City offense. Just turned 33 years old. I was wrong for fading him and Andrews. I say that on a weekly basis, but... This is the huge advantage right now in fantasy. Kelsey and Andrews are dominating the tight end position. And um, I don't see it stopping. I don't see it stopping. But this should be an absolute high-scoring affair. Um, I, I, I'm surprised the Bills are laying three, you know, in, in this game in Kansas City. But after seeing what I saw with the Bills offense last uh, week. I don't, what does laying three mean? If the Bills mean that means the Bills are favored. <laughs> I know, man. Oh, you're just oh, you know, I never know what you know, I really don't. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I never know. Um, here's what I'm seeing in this game, besides it being a high scoring game. I can't get the Devin Singletary game right. I really can't. The big weeks he's on my bench, the small weeks he's in my lineup. I'm going right back to him though. I think this is a game where Singletary and the, the snap percentage is, is still high. This past week was very weird. You know, the blowout versus the Steelers, they give some James, James Cook some run in the fourth. He gets the touchdown. This is still Devin Singletary's backfield, but this is the type of game where I could see Josh Allen dumping down and Singletary catching the five to seven balls out of the backfield. So for me, I'm going right back to Singletary. I think he's a high-end RB2 this week in this high-scoring game. Totals 54 points. I wouldn't be shocked if it gets to over 55 by the time it comes. On the Kansas City side of the ball, after Kelsey, someone has to step up in this offense. Yeah. Okay. I think people were starting to believe in Clyde Edwards or Lair. And after last night, you'll probably see him on a lot of teams' benches th- this upcoming week. Just because Jarek McKinnon looked really good. He got the you know, he got a lot of the most of the snaps there. Edwards, Hilaire, yeah, he almost scored on the touchdown guy that got reviewed back, and they put him down at the one. But this is going to be such a boomer bust player. It's either Edwards is going to give you the 18 fantasy points or he's going to give you a four. And I don't know if you want to live like that, especially on this team that's getting spread over the ball. I saw a lot of people drop MVS last week, and I think he's going to be the big pickup in the high-stakes industry this week especially in a lot of leagues that I see is available in like four or five of my big leagues. think he has the chance to step up and be the second guy in this passing offense until maybe Sky Moore develops even more. Sky Moore got 14 snaps finally. I think that was the highest amount of snaps he got um, on the Chiefs this uh, season so far. I could see him being the guy that is catching, you know, five or six balls come like week 12. So if you want to stash a Sky Moore, who also got dropped in a lot of leagues, and 
uh, it will be a popular pickup. Just because, listen, it's the same thing. Uh, you know, who can I compare this to? Um, let, let's compare it to Seth Walker. No, let's compare this to like Buffalo. Uh, last week, I was picking up a whole bunch of shares of the kid Shakir, just because whenever players become available and you know that they're going to play a role in these big-time offenses, everybody just wants a piece of these offenses. And the kid delivered. Three catches, 75 yards, and a touchdown. Okay, now if McKenzie doesn't come back this week, I'll go right back and put Shakir in my in my lineups on the teams I have him in this game versus the Chiefs. Um, so I just think a Sky Moore is that type of player that you want to add on your teams as a piece in this offense. But... I don't trust Hardman. Juju, I, I think, is a bust. He's going to have his weeks where you can't die with a guy like Juju Smith-Schuster in your lineups every week. Right. He's going to be that weekly four for 40. He's not going to help you. He's not going to take your team over the top. You're going to sit there and die with him as your wide receiver three that you took in round five. And once every four or five weeks, he's going to give you the six for 85 and a touchdown. But do you want to die the other four weeks with him? That's my opinion on Juju. I don't think he's. I think he's one of those uh, players that managers of his that drafted him in the fifth round regret right now. So that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a high scoring game. I see Buffalo going in there and beating them 35-31 that type. But fantasy bonanza again. And Josh Allen and Mahomes are probably going to come out of this week with both top three, uh, you know, fantasy performances, which is another major story of the season is the elite quarterbacks are dominating. Uh, not Justin Herbert. Uh, listen, we talked about Herbert a couple weeks ago. Her, he's banged up, man. The kid's, a, the kid's a warrior. He's fighting through it. He's, you know, you got to give him, you got to give him all the credit. He's also playing without his number one receiver in Keenan Allen, right? Ah, uh, for a game, you know. No, 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 not for a game. It's been, it's definitely been, Two weeks in a row. Um, has it been three, though? I'm trying uh, to think how many. I'm so cloudy right now. Let's call it two. Yeah, no, it's it's. I think it's two. Um, but uh, I'll check it, for you because we're friends. Keenan uh, Allen return. Keenan Allen what? <laughs> Nothing. I'm Googling it because you didn't. He last played September 11th versus the Raiders. Yeah. So that wait, he he's played, played one game this season. Yeah, it is three. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, so listen, uh, you know, wait till his team's got his whole offense That's together. Four. I think everybody that was panicking on Austin Eckler after the first couple weeks, no longer panicking. You know, Austin Eckler is right back to being the first rounder that uh, you know people drafted him as. He's an absolute stud. He's carrying people these last couple weeks and putting up huge numbers. Herbert's getting it done though. You know, he's. He's not putting up the huge numbers that we all drafted him to, to be. If you drafted Justin Herbert, you wanted, you know, 340 and three touchdowns every week. Until he's healthy, I don't think you're going to see that. I think you're going to see games like he just did and them leaning on the run game right now. So I just don't think Herbert's going to – I think it'll happen for Herbert down the stretch, but when you look back on the season, I don't think he's going to give what – you hoped because people were taking him as the third or fourth fantasy quarterback off the board. Yeah. You I don't know? know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That game is scary, though, Nando, for a lot of reasons. It's a Monday night game 
Chargers and Denver. Unless, you know, I know we got a long way to go here uh, with practice reports and everything, but you got Herbert's banged up. You got Russell Wilson on the other side banged up. You know, the, the, the story breaks this week that he went to fly to L.A. after the game, get his torn or halfway torn labrum or whatever the hell he has. And that's probably why the reason why this team's offense is absolute trash. Uh, I've talked about it week after week. I was so invested and am so invested in this offense. Uh, Cortland Sutton is still doing okay, but Jerry Judy's hurting me and Russell Wilson's killing me on my Russell Wilson teams because I really thought that Russell Wilson was the perfect. If you missed out on the guys I was targeting, the Lamar Jacksons, Kyler Murray's, um, uh, you know, uh, quarterbacks like that in the middle middle rounds, you know, Russell Wilson was the next guy up for me. So those teams are doing terrible. And he's just missing too many guys. He's not throwing too many deep balls. And, uh, you know, it's it's ugly in Denver. And until this guy heals up and gets a little healthier, I don't know what Denver's offense is going to produce. I think you got to just fade it right now other than Cortland Sutton. You so, buy that he's hurt, though. Russell Wilson? Yeah. Oh, I totally buy it. Yeah. I mean, listen, he's not flying to L.A. to get his uh, labrum checked out for no reason. If you get on a plane to go see a specialist, you're not doing it to say, uh, hey, uh, I've been playing like shit. Any, uh, you want to check me out? No, he's hurt. He's hurt. And I think, if I remember correctly, I think it, this was the play where he, and I watched this live and I said, oh my God, that was that looked really bad. But he got up and he kept playing. It was a play versus the Raiders a couple weeks ago where he ran and he dove forward and it looked like his shoulder slammed down like, a, you know, like something that you, you know, you would see a separated shoulder. And uh, I guess that's the play that he actually did get hurt on because, you know, he's gutting it out, but this isn't what I signed up for. So ugly game coming uh, on uh, Monday night and uh, the total's 45 and a half. I'll be betting the under in that game. Uh, you know, I, I could see another, I could see another week of the Denver offense struggle. All right. That's sad. <laughs> there are, uh, yeah. uh, you know, of course, his name's. I mean, we're doing this. It's ten fifteen. Uh, Vaquero's talked pretty much the entire show, but there. Um, yeah, you don't. You haven't talked too much. Do you want to say anything? How's, no, I, how's the know, week going? I like. I like that you're doing. Like this is your baby, and I want you to really run with it and feel like you've, you've, you know, you've been fulfilled. Nando, it's not called the Nando, the Nando show. It's, called it's not. Show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. The uh, Denver tight end, the rookie who's been hurt all year. Uh, Dolce, yeah, yeah, Dolce, yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, listen, uh, let's see, because in preseason he was hyped up. Albert O um, didn't amount to crap, uh, so forget about him. Maybe this guy uh, comes into the offense and is another piece. Nobody's stepping up. KJ Hamler um, not stepping up uh, to be that third option. We obviously know that you know coming into the the season with Tim Patrick being lost he was gonna he was another reason why I really loved Russell Wilson uh, coming into the season but because he had three big receivers and a, a move tight end in Albert O but I was wrong on, on Albert O um, dropped a lot of his shares already but maybe the kid uh, helps out 
the offense. And maybe that's exactly what Russell needs is because he can't throw deep right now. He's going to go underneath to him. So that's a sneaky uh, tight end pickup. For all of us listeners that are tight end desperate, and there is a lot of us, minus the Andrews and Kelsey uh, owners there, um, you know, we're all looking for tight end help off the wa- uh, off the waiver wire. So the kid, Daltrich, I, I want to say his name right, but uh, I, do you have it? No, man, I thought you knew this. No, I, I just don't know how to, I just want to pronounce it right, that's all. Oh, yeah, um, like Mamala? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, he's a good ad, and uh, another sneaky like, ad. Mamala, it's a city in Reggio Calabria, like, that's, it's Mamala, you know, like. Okay. I just want to so, let you know. Well, thank you. He can provide, like, you know, Vaccaro Vaccaro, Nando Nando, you know, like, that's fine. However he wants to pronounce it, but. Okay. Don't tell me I'm you know, mispronouncing Calabres village incorrectly. Uh, have you ever been there? Yeah. Have you? Yeah. Calabria? Yes. Ah, see, that's that's where I want to go. That's where I'm from, Calabria. Yeah, well, that's my family. Why. That's why I went there. And, oh, yeah, that's why we're friends, right? That must I really be don't, I don't have any other reasons, so that must be... Uh, <laughs> that must that's be hurtful. the it. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I really am. Uh, listen. Why don't you go then? Why just why are you talking about it? Why don't you just go? Can we get back to football here? Can we get? You'll back do well to there with all the Italian you speak. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. Oh my God, I'm a bad Italian. Him and Kate Otten. That's all I want to say. Uh, those are two sneaky ads off the waiver wire. Kate Otten from Tampa Bay. Uh, I don't know how much time Kate, uh, Cameron Bray's going to miss with that concussion, but Kate Otten. Uh, I think he caught four ball, four balls. For 28 yards. Uh, yeah, people liked week. him last year. John Lagesa liked him a lot uh, last week. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, listen, you're getting... I'm sorry, it was 6 for 43. I don't know why I thought 4 for 28. Um, but listen, this is... You're getting a piece of a big-time offense. You know, and I know there's not enough balls to go around here, but if the kid's going to play a decent amount of snaps, then... Uh, this is somebody that you should add and, and just wait and see. Let it play out. Maybe he becomes a Brady favorite. Maybe he plays the majority of snaps. Kyle Rudolph and Cameron Brady, these guys aren't any, uh, you know, thing to run home about and grab. So maybe Otten's the guy that steps up as the season keeps going on. And before you know it, down the stretch, he's a, a top 10 tight end. So those two of the tight ends I would be looking uh, to add on the, uh, on the sneak. I like it. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm good at like I, I did the whole let's go and mm-hmm. get uh and get Mark Andrews early. Okay. Uh, also, I got Kyle Pitts early. Like I thought, you know, like Kyle Pitts in the drafts is where the you know the drop off happened. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it was Freermuth, wherever it was. So I made a concerted effort to go get like a good tight end, so I wouldn't be you know, rotating and searching for a guy. And I was looking to do this Evan Ingram thing again. Mm-hmm. Um, it worked a lot of places. It, it worked obviously in the Edwards places. Yeah. Not in the pits places. No. So, so you know, Nando, it's funny. I I talked about this a couple of weeks ago uh, with Kyle Pitts. I have one uh, high stakes team that is uh, funny enough. It's my only Kyle Pitts big share that I have. Yeah, and it's and it's a five and O team. Okay, so How about that? I have no. I have to be the only guy that's got a five and O Kyle Pitts third round team. I, if anybody does in the high stakes market that's listening to the show, if I, uh, tweet me because 
I don't know how I'm doing it. And and Kyle Pitts has been in for the first four weeks. And this past week, I finally, because he was out, luckily for me, I went to my backup tight end, which is Njoku. Okay? And my question to you, Nando, is if Kyle Pitts is back this week, would you put Kyle Pitts in your lineup or would you just stick with Njoku, who I love, and I think Njoku is the Dalton Schultz of last year, the Darren Waller of a couple years ago, the yeah. Andrews of a, you know, the 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 tight end that you drafted after the fifteenth round that that breaks out and is a top ten, top eight tight end. But um, go ahead. Well, I'm so I, I'm an end game player, right? Like I'm, I'm cool if I'm seven, well, seven and seven, I guess now, and I get into the playoffs. You know, I guess eight and six would be the. I was always seven and six is always my example, but. Right. Uh, like I like I was strong for those last three weeks, those playoff weeks, like the five weeks at the end of the season. That's like my team was like going and like crushing everyone. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, we're talking about Jacoby Brissett throwing the ball to David Njoku. By the hey. time the playoffs happen, it's going to be Deshaun Watson maybe yeah. not throwing the ball to Njoku. That's right. That's right. I'm excited about. Uh, you're right, and you don't know if the chemistry. Everybody just automatically thinks like, oh, that's going to be. You know, huge upgrade, but you don't know if the chemistry is going to be there with Watson. Guy's going to come out of nowhere after three months, and maybe this offense doesn't click as much. I love what I'm seeing with Jacoby Brissett and this Browns offense. It's one of my favorite teams to watch every Sunday right now. It's crazy, and that's how crazy, and that's another thing. I could go on and on and on about the craziness of this season, but who, like, look at the offenses that are humming right now. The Seattle Seahawks. Yeah. The Browns are producing well. Like, these are offenses that on draft day in late August and September, everybody's like, I want no piece of it. And I talk about that Kyle Pitts team, and that's 5-0. and My other really strong primetime team in the NFFC is a team that I start every week with Amari Cooper, Nick Chubb, and David Njoku. It's three Browns in the lineup, and it's a top team. And that's why I'm so locked in on the Cleveland Browns every week. And, I, I mean, these three guys, Cooper's a steal right now in the seventh and eighth round. Nobody wanted him. Right. Cooper's a top 15 wide receiver in fantasy. Okay? And I, I don't see how that changes the way he gets targeted because there's not much. I know Donovan Peoples-Jones is starting to come on uh, and, and has been targeted. He had about seven or eight targets each of the last two weeks. Uh, but he's going to play third fiddle in this pass game. This is always going to be a heavy run team with Chubb and Hunt. And then when they pass, it's going to be Cooper and Njoku lighting up the targets and the box scores. So when you could get a narrow target tree on a team and they're not a uh, you know a, a garbage offense like, uh, I, don't, I don't know who's absolutely terrible right Chicago now. Chicago Bears. The, the Bears. Okay, good. Yeah, exactly. Like a Bears. The Browns are putting up points. The Browns move the ball. They have a strong offensive line. And Brissett's playing over his head. And as long as Brissett is playing like this, these options in the fantasy in fantasy are going to be all steals. Chubb is a steal in the fourth round. Cooper's a steal in the eighth round. And Joku's a, a robbery in the 16th round. So I'm loving what I'm seeing from these Browns. But it is in the back of my mind that, hey, down the stretch, if I get these teams... To get to the fantasy playoffs, I'm going to have Watson leading this team. So, 
hopefully that's uh you know hopefully that's a positive you know when it comes back but just real quick now that I know we're trying to touch on some games here that we're well I mean that was your script. idea and we've gotten to well this is the Chris's big this one is, actually is. so far <laughs> no so this is what you wanted to do you wanted to go game by game I know, but we got to get to some of them, Nando. We only got to two games so far. Have we? I feel like we've gotten to one. Bills Den- versus Chiefs. The Denver Chargers game we just talked about. I snuck that well. in. All right, I guess. All right, check that uh, off. Yeah. Listen, I, I wanted to touch on the T. Higgins incident from Sunday night that just killed fantasy owners, including myself, with zero. And that's just another, uh, you know, weekly routine in my life and a lot of fantasy owners' life that – you hear about is just how many zeros and three or lesses that uh, good players are taken. So besides the Darren Waller zero with the hamstring, that was another one on Monday night. Just it seems to be happening way too much this season. But this game coming up, Cincy and the Saints, there could be a lot of guys out here. Big time names. I don't know if Michael Thomas will make it back for this game. You could be looking at the top three receivers out again. Uh, for the for the Saints, Alave got the concussion. That was scary. He's been a stud, but you know, with the pro- the concussion propo- uh, protocol, protocol the way it is now, yeah, you know, you could see him being them being cautious with him sitting out a week. Maybe Thomas isn't ready to come back from his foot ankle issue, and Landry missed last week. So I think one of the big ads you'll see this week is Marcus Callaway, or um. Trey Kwan Smith. Someone's got to catch the ball here, especially if uh, Winston makes it back. But this Saints offense could be missing its top three receivers. And then on the flip side, we're in limbo now with what do you do with T. Higgins? He couldn't make it through Sunday night's game with an ankle. We are supposed to expect him six days later to be ready to go here in this game. So, you know, when T. Higgins goes out or Jamar Chase, you know, Mike Thomas um, seems to be the next guy up in the Bengals receiving course. So that's a sneaky ad. If you want to cover your ass on T. Higgins, if you're the T. Higgins owner, uh, that's a sneaky little ad as well as Mike Thomas. Not the Saints Mike Thomas, but sure. Bengals Mike Thomas. So that might be a real ugly game. And that Bengals offense is really disappointing me from top to bottom every week. Jamar Chase is not living up to the first round, uh, you know, price tag every week. It just seems like it's a little disappointing other than week one. T. Higgins was great, but now that was the zero. Mixon's underperformed. So, and even Burrow isn't giving what, you know, we hoped. So ugly game there, Cincy and Saints, but a lot of, help that you could possibly look at in deeper leagues out of that game. And uh, if Hayden Hurst is available, because he is available in some of mine, um, your boy Hayden Hurst, uh, that's the tight end uh, to, to go drop the bag on and, and go get. I could uh, I could use some Hayden Hurst good games, uh, you know, without injured guys being out. Like a Hayden Hurst game with a full-powered receiving core there. Would be something. Yeah. I have this crazy Hayden Hurst card. <laughs> oh, my God. It's like out of 25 autographed. Uh, $3.12. Yeah, I think it cost me nineteen ninety nine on the Panini website. It's like a Panini Instant. You know, he signed it in blue. And anyway, the point is, I'm kind of holding on to that. 
And last year when he got a, uh, I think he got traded, right? Hayden Hurst. Yeah. Hayden Hurst was in Atlanta last year. Yeah, but I think he got he got traded to Atlanta, over. right? And then he signed with Cincinnati, right? Was that right, or did he just do no, one year contract he, no, and one year contract? It was contract? a one year deal with Atlanta, from right. what I remember. He signed yeah, for well, one year, didn't really work out there, right? And then uh, came over to um, Cincinnati this season. And By the way, like it was a good move. So I was looking up, you know, like Mariota could be the reason Kyle Pitts isn't doing anything. Um, you know, I went through Mariota's old, you know, every year he started for Tennessee and it was always Delaney Walker, Delaney Walker, Delaney Walker. Mm-hmm. Um, the one year that he didn't do anything with anyone, the tight end with the most targets was Jonu Smith with 30. And I looked like the next, the following season, like Corey Davis was listed as a tight end. So maybe they were using Corey Davis those years as kind of like a tight endy kind of wide receiver. And yeah. you know he had a ton of he had a ton of targets back then. Um, I don't know if you can call that tight end, but like in the final year when Arthur Smith was the offensive coordinator for Tennessee in Mariota's yeah. final year when he played sparingly at quarterback, Corey Davis, Pro Football Reference, has him as a tight end. Um, but the point is, Arthur Smith, was, so he was the tight ends coach for Tennessee yeah. the year. Yeah, yeah. Go look at uh, yeah. was twenty nineteen, I think. Okay. It had uh, I can I can Google this for you. Marcus, Mar- I think it was 2019. 2018, 20, whatever, whatever. The last year Mariota started yeah. the game for That's the. That's why everybody was so high on Pitts was with Mariota's because he made Delaney Walker a huge season. Yeah, 2019 he started seven games. Uh, Pro Football Reference has Corey Davis listed as a tight end. Yeah, I don't know why they why you keep saying that Corey Davis is a tight end. That Corey Davis was never a tight end. I don't. Get I'm not. That's where I'm. Pro Football Reference has him as a tight end. But, Pro okay, Football Reference has Corey Davis listed as a tight end. That's what I'm saying, and I'm trying to tell you like that same year, Jonu Smith had 44 targets. So if you're looking for the guy with the highest amount of targets as a tight end, after the Delaney Walker era ended, and when Arthur Smith came in, um, you know Matt Lafleur was the I think. Matt LaFleur was the OC one year, and Arthur Smith was the offensive coordinator the year that Jonu Smith had the most tight end targets at 44. And the year before, he had the most tight end targets at 30. So but what I'm saying is, pro football reference for some reason has Corey Davis listed as a tight end, and he had 69 targets that year. I'm just uh, trying to figure out what happened to Kyle Pitts here, yeah, and could it I'm be just, Arthur Smith? And I just want to take... The time to apologize to our listeners for the last five minutes of you uh, giving all that information that didn't help anybody. All right, you explain. So, you explain, Kyle. Pitts, um, <laughs> I'm going. I'm trying to figure out what's wrong and how it can be fixed. And maybe, I mean, Arthur Smith sure. was the but coach there last from? year. But where did that even come from? We were. I don't. I don't know. know where you were talking from. about Kyle Pitts. I wasn't. I was talking. About Kyle Pitts 15 minutes ago. We were talking about Hayden Hurst, who played for the Falcons yes. last year, who's basically what Kyle Pitts has become this year. Uh, that's how we got on the subject. That's, yeah, that's where we got uh, sexy. Yeah. You know who's disappointing me every week, Nando? A.J. Dillon. There it is. And I, and I don't know. Let's I don't talk know, about that Packers game. I don't know what to do that's, that's with A.J. Dillon. I really don't. Oh, know it is. Jets versus Pack. It's the Jets and yeah, it's the Jets and Packers. Packers favored by seven. I thought it was a little uh, wild that AJ Dillon was going so high. Uh fifth round. I loved him. Uh, I thought he would. I, his he his, wasn't going to take over for Aaron Jones. No, he wasn't. But you don't need that in today's NFL and in fantasy. You don't every not every but most backfields are two man backfields and sure. 
you know, all you need for AJ Dillon is 12 to 15 carries every week and, you know, a, a possibility of double digit touchdowns for him to pay off that fifth round in a, in an offense that you thought would be predominantly run heavy, but it's frustrating, man. It's, it's frustrating as an AJ Dillon owner. They're on the two yard line and Dillon's in the backfield and two plays in a row. Rogers is throwing like you have a 250 pound animal in the backfield that can't be stopped every run versus the Giants in the beginning of the game he's running seven eight nine yards and then you want to go and and let you know what are you trying to do you're trying to keep Rogers happy by getting him his touchdown numbers and touchdown passes like it's a joke even down the stretch that last drive it's third and two you got to get two yards. You have two plays to get two yards to get a first down and then eventually a, a, a touchdown. And you throw it twice and get the, the you know, passes knocked down. Um, you know, his his share of the backfield is each week has gone down. Um, I don't even know. I don't know if A.J. Dillon is playable right now. You know, he's not contributing in the pass game. He's not an automatic inside the three-yard line for touchdowns every week. Like, what is he? What You know, what do we have here in A.J. Dillon in this offense? It's just you're in a situation after week one was great for A.J. Dillon. It looked great. We all thought we had the right, um, you know, it was the right pick. And ever since then, it's been bust game after bust game. Yeah. And, you know, then you look up in a situation, you're at home as a seven-point favorite, and do you have the heart to finally take him out of your lineup, which is the right move? But then you know what's going to happen, especially in a season like this. This will 25 be the game. rushing yards, four touchdowns. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, or 125 rushing and three touchdowns. Yeah. So do you just keep going back to him and, and eating these bad games? But at some point, you have to pull the plug um, on A.J. Dillon. It's a frustrating offense. I don't like what I see from the Packers. That was an absolutely terrible loss. Cost me a lot of money personally. That two-game teaser I gave out on this show between the Bucks and the Packers, I am stunned that the Packers choked that game away versus a bad Giants team with that offense that they brought into the game versus a solid Packers defense. Packers up two touchdowns early, and they go in with Barkley in the locker room for a week. Like, everything. You could just go. That's a, just an awful, awful loss. That's a game that you get up two touchdowns, you should be running A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones into the ground and get out of there with a 17-20 point win. And, um, you know, that's just that's just what I see with the Packers. The, the passing offense is in shambles. Randall Cobb's 13 targets. It, it, you know, he'll probably be a big uh, waiver wire ad. People are going to look at those numbers and overspend on him. And then next week he's going to give two for 12. So... But look for, you know, Christian Watson left with a hamstring injury, so that should narrow the target tree uh, a little more. So that might be enticing for, uh, you know, to go get Randall Cobb. Um, and on the uh, other side of the – say that again? No, I was just groaning. Mm. Listen, I, people are desperate. People are desperate at receiver, running back, tight end. People are desperate for at every position. They're just looking for – Players that can contribute. And well, the buys are here. The buys are here now. It's going to get interesting. Even worse, the buys are starting yeah. up now, and you know the bye weeks for this week aren't that bad. But if you look to the following week, there's like four really high-profile offenses with a lot of big-time fantasy players that are all off. 
So next week's going to be even worse. Um, but before we get off that game real quick, Nanda, I just have to mention two players real quick. Brees Hall, it's the takeover. Uh, you know, I spoke on those other running backs earlier in the show that I thought, you know, would kill it the rest of the year. But Brees Hall, to me, I think is an RB1, a, a back-end, low-end RB1 rest of the season from now on. His numbers would have been even bigger if Michael Carter didn't vulture a couple one-yard touchdowns. But Brees Hall, 200 yards, can do it through the air. He can do it rushing. This kid's the real deal. And uh, in that fifth round, when you were choosing between A.J. Dillon and Brees Hall, you, you know, it was if you went left, you chose death. And if you chose right, you chose the, you know, hitting the gold with Brees Hall. You know what? I, so I thought Michael Carter, he did the first week. I thought he would at least be the receiving back. And now mm-hmm. Brees Hall is, I mean, he's catching and then running a lot, I guess, and getting that yardage other the reception yard. Like, I don't know, man. I thought it would be a more clear cut. You know, Brees Hall will run. Michael Carter will catch. It started uh, off that way. Yeah, Remember, yeah. the first two weeks of the season, it was Michael Carter's backfield, and Brees Hall was just chipping in. But now as the season went along, I guess, you know, and you never know. We're not inside the locker room. Maybe he was struggling with the playbook a little bit. Maybe now as the season's going on, he's getting more and more comfortable. Uh, situation like that. But this is now Brees Hall. I expect his snap percentage to keep going up and up. Carter to play a complimentary role to him. But, uh, you know, his stock is on the rise. His stock is probably the highest out of anyone in the NFL, not named Ken Walker right now. Those two guys are going to – I could see those two names being on a lot of championship rosters in a couple months. Man, I'm going to – And Elijah Moore won't be on championship rosters because he's killing me. You love and Elijah Moore. This is I love Elijah Moore every week. I, I mean, I don't know I don't know what I'm going to do, Nando, because I have so, much, so many Elijah Moore shares, yeah. and I've been sticking him in my lineups. And if there's one guy that's hurting me the most this season in my lineups, it's Elijah Moore. And I still think the talent is crazy off the charts. I thought this week was another weird game where, you know, nobody really did anything in the past game. Ty Conklin, who's been a, you know, a, a savior at the tight end position for a lot of tight end needy teams, he dropped to zero. Corey Davis and Garrett Wilson didn't do much. Uh, it was just one of those weird games that it was all done on the ground and with the defense and turnovers and I'm still not giving up on Elijah Moore. I just, I think I have to just keep him on my bench for the time being until I see it. But that was, I mean, like, I, so I watched, I watched a good amount of that game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember, like, going back, look at the box score and being like, wow, 40. Like, what's this? Zach Wilson's line. Let's take another look at that. I'm like, who, where did all these touches, like, yeah. where did this come from? Yeah, it was weird. It was, it was just weird. One there were two games, games was- like that, too. You know, if you're out, if you're out at the pumpkin patch, and you come back and you see the Jets scored forty points, you you're all giddy. You're like Elijah Moore probably went off, and the other receivers, and then you're like, oh no, nothing. By the way, Vicaro sent me a picture of a woman from behind at his bar, which I thought was a bit of an invasion of privacy. So I yeah, you, no, I, you, you know what I was waiting. I was, and I tweeted that out <laughs> to the people that, uh, <laughs> and I tagged you in it. There was a girl at the bar Sunday, and I looked over, and she was wearing a Geno Smith jersey, watching the Jet game. And as I was taking the picture, I said, "Oh, this is going to be bad if she just like turns around real quick." And I'm like snapping a picture on my phone of her, but I had to get the Geno Smith jersey, and uh, <laughs> you know, I just thought it was ironic. She's watching the Jet game, and. Geno Smith isn't even on the team, 
and uh, the Seahawks game was like on behind her, and she wasn't even watching the Geno Smith game. Why don't you? Uh, did you buy her a drink and be like, "Hey, listen, my podcast partner. No. Hey, listen, I'm the owner of this establishment. And no, my podcast I loved partner." She had her Gino computer Smith out. Friend. No, I did not. But I loved it because she was all into it. She had her computer out on the bar, following her fantasies teams and like yelling at the TV. It was she was into it. She was into it. So. You didn't buy her a drink? Her. I would have I would have hey fantasy. We're, I'm a fantasy Hall of Famer, Christopher Carroll. You might have heard of me. Yeah, that's how I introduced myself. I'm friends with Frank Mamola. Is that how you say is that how he says it? Yes. Alright. I met yes. him. I liked him. He's a nice guy. I met him that night. You had everybody out. Uh, Frank the is the best. Yeah, Frank yeah. is uh, Frank is one of the best guys in the industry. He is. Um I know we hit on now most of the games we wanted to talk yeah, about. You realize Rondo. that the show should have been over like ten minutes ago. It's, uh, we've gone over an hour. Can we touch you've, on you've run over an hour. Can we touch on the other game that I'm so excited about uh, besides that Bills-Chiefs game this week? I would assume that anyone listening this far is going to want to see this to the end, so go ahead and do whatever you want. Yeah. I just want to say the Arizona-Seattle game this week is going to be a doozy. This is – I think we're, you know, we're five weeks in now, Nando, and certain things are – you know what to expect. Yep. At this point – you play all your players and you expect high scoring games and uh, against the Seattle defense and the Detroit Lions defense. You want to see your team, your quarterback, your fantasy players playing against these two teams. So, um, you know, I'm excited to see Kyler Murray and Geno Smith go head to head with each other. We spoke about the Seattle offense, so I won't touch on it too much, but I do want to say Tyler Lockett, has been an absolute steal. And it's just one of these offenses now that you could go to time and time again. The defense is terrible. They have a pretty solid offensive line. And between Lockett, DK Metcalf, and Ken Walker now, it's there's really not much of anybody else going to be doing anything in this offense. So I think you can expect all three of these guys to be fantasy studs almost on a weekly basis getting into high-scoring shootouts. You have to be giddy if you own these three guys on the Seattle side of the ball and Geno Smith is in, yeah, he's in QB one streamer territory now. And if you are the Russell Wilson owner or the Derek Carr owner or any other quarterback struggling that you're not happy with, hopefully you picked up Geno Smith and you know, you got to ride him out, but I expect this game to be high scoring game. I expect it to be a lot of fun. And the one sneaky player that I really, if you, if you stuck at, if you stuck it out with him, for the time being, Rondell Moore has to be in your lineups this upcoming week in this yeah. game versus yeah. Seattle. You know, he's he's what you expected him to be when you drafted him in that like eighth, ninth round range as your wide receiver four. And then you got disappointed because, you know, he got hurt right before the season started and you haven't seen him. But you could forget about Greg Dorch now. He's an afterthought. The only thing that worries me with Rondell Moore is now is we're one week away from the DeAndre Hopkins return. And once DeAndre Hopkins returns, now Rondell Moore, Rondell Moore is going to take another step back, I guess, in, you know, in the pecking order, along with maybe a Zach Ertz. But this offense, I'm excited about it, Nando. I think this offense is going to be really good um, once Hopkins is back, just because Hollywood Brown's a top 12 wide receiver right now. He's been a unbelievable fantasy pick you put a healthy Rondell Moore there in the slot you, you have a, a tight end in Zach Ertz that 
you know, isn't falling off. He's he's looks great so far. You put these four weapons out there on the field, and this team's going to score a lot of points. Uh, you know, no matter what Cliff Kingsbury is trying to uh to do there, Murray's going to make it happen. So this uh this game's going to be you know it's could be one of those thirty five thirty one type games. That'd be good. I hope guess. so. I hope I'm not, so. I'm not a Kyler Murray fan. Murray, I want to. I, so. I will, let me ask you something. I've been meaning to say this through the weeks because every week his name comes up, and it, you know, you're big with your pronunciations, but why do you say Murray? How do you say it? Kyler Murray. Oh, but you always say Kyler Murray forever for the last like three years. It's always Kyler Murray. Murray. I guess I'm trying to pronounce the A. I mean, you know, this is a Murray. this is a phonetic medium. So, uh, you know, people want to go Google his name later. They'll do M-U-R-R-Y. They're not going to find anything. Uh, okay. Murray. But with the A-Y, the, you know, the A, you know, the, oh, yes, Kyler Murray. It's just something I always noticed when you talk about Kyler Murray that you always say Kyler Murray. All right. Just well, saying. Uh, you since, know. since this has been a big pronunciation show. This is how you, you're the one who started with it, actually, with all of it. No, actually, you did, and then you just picked it apart. Uh, this is how we're doing it. This is how you, you've got this. How's that? Over. Uh, how's that song uh, coming along? I got the, so uh, I got the site. DVR gave me the site for the uh, the the music that we pay for. Yeah. So I just got to pick the song. I've got you know. I've got gotcha. half of the lyrics. Gotcha. It's gonna be you're amazing. Gonna come into, are you gonna come into GST one Sunday and watch football before the season? Yeah, I'm gonna over bring my guitar or... and I'm gonna debut the acoustic version of the Christopher Carroll Show thing. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta go. Buy, I'm gonna buy that woman a bottle of Coors Light. You know, every week at the bar we have somebody walk in and ask to like put a game, like a different sport on. Like, oh, you're playing the uh, what's that? What's soccer called? The uh, what's the like the uh, Barcelona? What's that called? PFL? What, what's that called? Do you know, the, the, well, the, the EPL is, like EPL. The, is the British one. Okay, I don't know anything about soccer, but every week somebody walks in on a football Sunday and is like, "Hey, can you put on the uh, you know the, the Barcelona game or the this game?" And I'm like, "Oh no, sorry." You know, I say it respectfully. I'm like, "Sorry, you know, we're just a football bar on Sundays," and they get ang- and they get angry. You know, when the U.S. Open was on, it was like. They came, you know, people would come in and be like, oh, can you put the tennis on? Like, no, this is football Sunday. We have enough people yelling at me. <laughs> These are all those Yelp reviews. <laughs> we have enough people yelling at me that they want their certain football game on, you know, uh, that then we have people coming in. I bring this up because you seem like the type of guy that would walk in to the bar and be like, Chris, do you think you could put the soccer game on? No, I would never. See, I think you would. All right. We should end the show. I think you've hit all your games. Yeah, mostly. Mostly. Hopefully it's not a week six of uh, frustration and a lot of zero ones and twos in lineups. Hopefully everybody performs that uh, they need. And um, it was a good chat, buddy. It was a good chat. Wasn't it? It was great. It was great listening to you talk for an hour and nine minutes. Listen, you had other shows today that I'm sure you're all talked out. That you actually enjoy doing our show at the end of the day and having me talk for 58 out of 60 minutes of it. If uh, people listening, see if you can find the three parts where I fell asleep. Um, you know, send, send us a note, hit us up on Twitter, and if you guess the three correctly, I'll send you a Bailey, and everybody, Bailey Zappy card. 
and and it'll be obvious the uh, the part that I fell asleep when uh, Nando decided to talk for five minutes about Corey Davis tight end and Arthur Smith's uh, past with the tight end. You know, mock it all you want, but it's that led to nothing and nowhere, and you know. Oh, you do detective work on why Kyle Pitts sucks all of a sudden. You go do it. (laughs) Maybe because he's running less than 50% of snaps. Well, why is he doing that? You're after being Mike Ditka 2.0. Like, all of a sudden, the guy sucks, and he's, you know, like, it just doesn't make any sense. You're right. It doesn't. It it doesn't. We got to go be, we got to go play detective this week. Hopefully, he doesn't even come back and play this week because I don't even want to play him. Yeah. Let's hope the worst. Take that, Kyle Pitts. All right. We got to go. All right. Yeah, like to thank everybody for listening. Thank you for your support. Thank you. Uh, if you if you loved Chris's yeah, new so format nice. that he didn't stick to, uh, let us know. I did stick to it. You tried not to stick to it. You wanted. You were like, no, I don't want to do game by game previews. I said, well, let's. I thought you were going to do all ga- all the game, all thirteen games. I know you already. Ex- I said, yeah. do anyway, our normal, we do our normal spiel for half the show, and then do some game previews. That's all. If you didn't like it, to our my my listeners, that I love you all. And I appreciate you all. Let me know in the comments, and uh, maybe we'll switch it up again. My listeners, yeah. Uh, not your listeners, Nando. They don't write to you in your comments. They don't have a my article. Right, I know exactly. That's why they're. That's why they're they're writing my comments. All right. You know what? If you're gonna write in the comments to Chris, why don't you say I think your podcast is just mediocre, and see if he still answers your question. <laughs> Do that. Say, hey, I thought you had an off week with your podcast. Here's my question. Okay. Hey, somebody See, did say it. Somebody said it last uh, week that they didn't. Uh, yeah, on didn't, Twitter. That drove you nuts. Oh, it was Twitter. Day. It wasn't in the yeah, comments. Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah, they weren't high. They said something negative towards me about the show. And okay, I I like I accept. Uh, you know, you did not accept. No, you did not accept that and, criticism at all. Uh, I did too. As a follow up and ask what he means by that. He said, "No, f that guy." <laughs> We got to go. It's late, man. It's late. I got to get this over to the Go to bed. Go to bed. Shout out to Christopher Welsh for uh, editing this late at night, even on the West Coast. It's still late. Um, All right. We love you all. Thank you all. Hopefully, uh, Chris actually recorded this and you're listening to it. Talk to you later. Good luck in week six. We'll see you in week seven, hopefully. Peace out.